Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking Weather. Today I want to talk about the jet stream. Let's let's talk about what the jet stream is exactly. Um, apologies, my cat is very vocal this morning. So, the jet stream is basically a... How do I explain it? I'm trying to explain this in an efficient way. It's, um... It's basically this really fast-moving jet of air that sits usually at 30 to 35,000 feet above sea level, um, way up in the atmosphere, you know, the kind of, usually at the altitude that most jet airliners fly. Um, and that's the jet airliners, they, they, as a matter of fact, take advantage of the jet stream. As a, matter of, as a matter of fact, the jet stream, if I'm not mistaken, was discovered uh, because uh, during, the world, during World War II, the uh, fighter pilots were, you know, they were going back and forth across the Atlantic. And um, they realized, or might have actually been World War One. I'll have to double check, but they realized uh, that there, it's much fat. It was much fast. The flights from the the United States to the UK, for instance, were much quicker than the flights from the UK to the United States, because going eastbound, you have the see the jet stream. It usually blows west to east, so you, when you would take advantage and. To this day, flights take advantage of the jet stream um, because if you have a strong jet stream uh, on a flight from uh, New York to London, a flight that could take usually about six hours, it can take sometimes less than five because of the jet stream. And the, on the other hand, if you have the same uh, plane going the other way, it can take a flight that could take usually six hours could take maybe seven maybe a little over seven um, so it it can affect uh, air travel both ways but anyways the gesture it, it what it what why we give it um, it's so important for us in in weather uh, for meteorologists and such because it separates cold air masses from warm air masses. It's like a key, you look at a jet stream map, that's a really good way of figuring out where the temperature is going to be above average, where it's going to be average, and where it's going to be below average. And it's not always going to mean uh, this, you know, there are other factors, of course, that play into this, but the jet stream is a big indicator. Now, the jet stream it usually, um, not always, but in most cases, it's um, it's fluctuating in waves. So it's basically it's always mind. Let's keep in mind it's always high up in the atmosphere. But it's like um, imagine like it it'll there what we there because there are what we call ridges and troughs. So imagine a ridge is basically when uh, the there's a high pressure system and so that pushes the jet stream winds way up like in the summer uh, we get the ridge over uh, the western United States a lot and so that pushes the jet stream and way up into Canada and uh, it, it, it creates uh, heat wave situations 
where there's this very strong, uh, warm, dry dome of air that sits over um, the West Coast for, for long periods of time, and it, and it sends all the cooler um, Pacific air. It keeps the, the cold fronts and such, uh, and during, this can happen during the winter, and it keeps rain away, which is problematic. Um, but basically it keeps any kind of cool air or rain from, from penetrating the, the, the ridge or the high pressure zone that, that causes the jet stream to, um, to block polar air from moving to, um, non-polar regions. And in the same way as a ridge does that, the trough does the opposite. A trough is when there's a big dip in the jet stream, and so cold polar air is either transported southward if you're in the northern hemisphere, or northward if you're in the southern hemisphere, and the cold polar air is transported towards the tropics. And uh, when this happens, when we have a big dip in the jet stream, you know, usually that's associated with a big cold blast. Um, it's going to be cold. You can uh, you can um, take that away from, from this for sure. Um, if you see a ridge, it's probably going to be warm. If you see a trough, it's probably going to be cold. And ridges and troughs are usually, um, you know, where there's a ridge somewhere, there's a ridge somewhere, there will be trough, a trough on the other side. So that's why there's when there's usually ridging over the western United States, there's usually troughing over the eastern United States and vice versa. This winter, for instance, we've had the opposite. We've had a lot of troughing over the western United States, which has brought unusually cold and wet weather, um, even some rare snowfall events in the Bay Area, which is not which do not happen every winter. Um, and m meanwhile, on the East Coast, there's been a lot of ridging this winter, so it's been very warm and dry. It's been kind of a no-show winter. Uh, no snow, pretty much no snow in any of the major cities except Boston, I think. Boston has gotten a little bit, uh, but late in the season. Uh, for a long time, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, none of those cities were getting any snow. And I believe everyone south of New York is still pretty snowless this winter. And it's been a no-show wind at this point. You know, it's going to be spring soon. So um, there's just, you know, unfortunately for snow lovers on the East Coast, it was not a good winter. Um, however, for snow lovers on the West Coast, it was a great winter. Unfortunately, you know, for people that are affected by the snow and get stuck and can't, go to work and can't go to the market and stuff it's obviously frustrating um so there there's two sides to that of course always um but anyways what we've been seeing is more intense fluctuations in the jet stream and see this is something people don't understand about climate change it's not just about and this applies to global warming too but we like to call it climate change because it's not just about warming it can ha we can still have cold snaps too because people are so quick to to jump to conclusions because we have snow in a place that usually doesn't get snow they say that we don't have global warming and that's not true 
because the overall average temperature of the planet is still going up. What's happening is we have more fluctuations in weather. We have more cold waves, but we have more heat waves too. It's like people don't realize, yeah, it's really cold on the west coast because there's a trough, but what's happening on the east coast? It's really warm. It has barely snowed all winter. Do you think, like, can we honor that side too, you know? But people choose to only talk about the part that's cold because they have a biased agenda in their head that they don't believe in global warming and they are, they don't want to say they're wrong and, you know, that's that's their thing. So they, they, they jump on it to say when there's snow, um, when there's snow in the Bay Area, they're like, oh, see, there's no global warming and it's like, when it's when there's no snow on the east coast that's supposed to be getting snow they don't say anything so it's it's all about when it's convenient for them to to argue this stuff but you know i am going to continue preaching on this podcast that um global warming is real we should take it seriously climate change is real it doesn't mean it's going to be only hot all the time we will have cold snaps we will have extreme weather on both sides and, and the reason we're having this extreme weather is because also we have warmer sea surface temperatures. Overall, sea surface temperatures have been on the increase as well. And I have read many papers that suggest that the increase in sea surface temperatures is what... I mean, it's not... There, there are facts in this, of course. The increase in sea surface temperatures... They do elevate the temperature. If the water is warmer, eventually the air around the water is going to warm as well. And when the air is warmer, not only do you have heavier thunderstorms because the, the like a cold front is coming and it's clashing with warm air and there's, a, there's warmer air, there's more moisture, it's going to produce a lot more precipitation and a lot more damage than it would if there weren't as much warm, moist air, which is what thunderstorms feed off from. And um, there is evidence that uh, the warming of the Pacific Ocean off the coast, the west coast of the United States, is causing um, ridiculous, they, as, as they call it, the ridiculously resilient ridge, the RRR to be um, semi-stationary over the West Coast for, for a lot of, you know, this year is an exception, of course. Finally, we got a good uh, winter, but for a lot of winters in the past decade, we had this ridge stuck off California, the California coast, and um, it was really, uh, you know, kept sending all the storms northward into Canada and the Pacific Northwest, and then up and over into the East Coast, and they would miss the West Coast, and that would um, worsen our drought. And that's why we had such a serious drought situation that we're still not out of, you know, we're still making up for it. Mind you, everyone, we're still, we had a really good year this year, and that's going to help, but it's not solving the drought. It's not like, oh, one great year is going to solve all the bad years we had. Um, it's like, it's work in progress still. Let's, let's be mindful of that. Um, so yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about today. Uh, the jet stream and a brief explanation of it. I hope this was a helpful episode. I hope you were able to learn from it. Uh, thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.